In today's show, we look ahead to Saturday. There are nine games on. We talk about streaming. We talk about what to do for the next four days. We talk about injuries. We talk about all those things. And we also hear from Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here. And it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. My name is Josh Lloyd and unlike Nate McMillan, I have not considered resigning and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me as always on Twitter at redrock underscore b-ball, on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball and on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball as well. You see what happens when I try and throw something different into the intro? It screws it all up. Ugh, not going to do that again. Anyway, today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free, and we are available on all platforms. So we're going to do a look ahead to these nine games. I'm going to do it a, a little bit differently, not majorly, but what I was doing in these previous What to Watch 4 shows, which, again... I know that you guys are watching the show, so you understand the value of it. I wish more people watch these shows. I reckon there's a lot of value in these little shows that I do. But when there's a team on a back-to-back, so there's about three or four teams that play Friday or Saturday, and I go through, these are the things I'm watching for this team, but they haven't played Friday yet. I think it's. I think it might be pointless for me to tell you that. Okay, I'm going to watch this when stuff might appear on that Friday game. Um, that therefore, I'm going to change when I watch on Saturday. So for those back-to-back teams, we're just going to say, hey, it's a back-to-back. Let's watch for certain injury situations. But in terms of specific, specific situations, I don't think we need to go through that. I don't think I need extra time, even though I've just wasted your time explaining it. Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right. Clippers paces. Clippers are four-point favorites here in Indiana. The injury status is pretty clean. The only one we're really interested in, and even then, we're not, is Chris Duarte, who had to leave last game with an injury, but he's not even on the injury report. So it looks like we are outside of Daniel Tyson, Kendall Brown, who, again, just aren't going to play. The injury report is relatively clean. Actually, it's not true. The Clippers now have just updated theirs, and Reggie Jackson is questionable with Achilles soreness, and Nick Batum is questionable with an ankle sprain. Batum last game played only eight minutes due to that ankle sprain. He did return to action, and he sat on the bench for like two quarters straight, so he wasn't in the locker room. So interesting that he did appear on that injury report as questionable. What I want to watch is Norman Powell, because he played 31 minutes last game. He hasn't really played those minutes at all, and that was, I think, largely due to Batum's absence. Now, if he's a a 30-minute-a-night player, then he is a 12-team league guy. If he's a a 23-minute-a-night player, he isn't. And the the chance here that Batum is out does improve that ability for Powell. Now, we know what Powell is. He's a scorer who gets by on efficiency, who doesn't do anything else. And to get fantasy value in being a high-volume scorer, you need high-volume minutes. So 22 minutes doesn't cut it. 30 minutes does. And if Batum is out, then there is value here in Powell. So we want to watch that. We want to see... Can he does he play 30 if Batum is there? Or is it strictly if Batum is out? That's a key thing. And then John Wall, who saw his minutes cut to 16 as guys like Powell played more. I do not believe that Wall is a 12-team league guy. He is still rostered in a staggeringly large percentage of leagues. He is not a 10, a 12. Probably, honestly, a 14-team league guy. He maybe is an assist streamer for 14 teams, and that's it. But the John Wall that you knew in Washington does not exist anymore. So stop holding on to name value there. For the Pacers, 
Humpty Dumpty, Benedict Matherin. Really good game from him last time out. It hasn't always been that way. That was the first time he'd hit 30 minutes in two weeks. He scored pretty well, but of course he did nothing else. And much like Norman Powell, he's a guy that gets by on volume scoring and that is it. Can he main- If he maintains 30 minutes a night, sure. But since Duarte returned, he hasn't been able to get to that. Right, he's been 22, 23, 24. And Duarte's off the injury report. So I'm very skeptical of Matherin being a 12-team league player. Also, I want to watch Aaron Neesmith because last game he was great. The line looks awesome. He shot 70% in that game and didn't really bring many other peripheral stats. And he's not a 70% shooter because literally nobody is outside of Mitchell Robinson. And there's maybe someone else that's in my head and I can't think who it is. Maybe Walker Kessler. Anyway, there's a couple of guys who are those, but they're centers and they're not wing players or perimeter players. So it's fine to add Neesmith. We definitely want to watch him here. But if you wait on adding him, I don't think you're missing out on a great option. Right? I don't think it's like, wow. And I'll talk about this in one of the other games later on. I don't think you look at, wow, I, I miss Neesmith. Man, now he's rocking top 40 numbers. I really don't see how that's happening. He might be 110th. He might be Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Like, is that, do you care? I don't, I don't think you do. But I'll get more information here. And I know I'm going to miss out on him in a lot of spots because I, I don't care that much to rush to add him when there are other priority guys that I am more interested in. Again, tease. That's what we call a tease. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about because he's bloody pitches on the thumbnail. Let's go to the Knicks and the Rockets. The Knicks are five and a half point favorites. Ron Barrett's out. Obi Toppin is out. The Wild Thing, Jay Sean Tate is out. Even the Wild Thing's going well. I can't do much about that. When is this boy coming back? Ankle soreness. What is wrong with ankle soreness in the NBA? Terry Rogier, ankle soreness. Doubtful for three, three years. Um, Jalen Suggs, ankle soreness. Might as well be dead. Jay Sean Tate, ankle soreness. NBA, what's that? Never heard of her. What's, why isn't he playing? Anyway, it, it's good because it gives us false hope for that. What's bad? Because it gives it false hope for Tari Eason. Um, and then when he comes back, everything gets way more confusing. Anyway, he's out again, so we don't have to worry about that bullshit for a while. On the Knicks side of things, the burner Jalen Brunson is still questionable with that um, hip problem that's cost him the last two games. At this point, we don't know whether he's going to be available to play. On the Knicks side of things, we're just rolling with Emmanuel quickly because Barrett is out, so that helps quickly. His last two games have been obviously insane with minutes, 51 and then 43. And also the usage has been there. And with Barrett out, it will continue to be there. So he remains a really good option um, quickly. And Quentin Grimes doesn't get that big of a boost. This briefcase and this haircut. Because he's already playing big minutes. Like that's The difference there is like, would I, do I want Grimes over quickly long-term? Yes. If I had to choose for today or tomorrow, I, I choose quickly because quickly is going to go from 23 minutes to 40 minutes, whereas Grimes goes from 35 to 37 minutes. It's not that big of a difference. And Grimes doesn't have the usage scalability that quickly does, but he's also got a, a situation where he's going to play 10 to 12 more minutes per game rest of season. Um, but I do want to watch what Grimes can do here. He was very poor last game, shooting 10%. But he can just contribute in enough areas that, of course, he is a 12-team muster roster. Points, I'm not so sure about, though. Um, on the Rockets side of things, well, I do want to watch the delicate dancer, Alperen Shangun. If I can find his sound. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. Obi came in to uh, just bring me his coffee. He's got a little toy coffee. Hello, thanks for bringing me the coffee. Um, last game, Shangun got into foul trouble, but it's still Silas. Like, Silas dicked us over two games in a row. Yes, the five fouls weren't great for Shengun, but he still could have come in while he had five fouls and maybe fouled out. 
And you're persisting with Bruno Fernando is one of the more asinine coaching decisions you will see outside of the Raptors starting lineup from last game. There are so many dumb things that I see. Remember when the remember when the Kings used to start Casey Okpala? Remember that? You, don't, you probably don't remember it. They lost every one of those games. But like that's the stupidity that some of these coaches do where you can see it from a mile away. You go, what are you doing? Why, why are you playing this guy? Why are you starting him? Why is he doing anything? It makes no sense. And then they go, yeah, actually, you know, you're right. And this is one of those ones. Why is Fernando playing? I don't get it. And I don't know if I'll ever get it. I also want to see Tai Tai Washington. This is for deeper leagues. It's for dynasty leagues. But Tai Tai has taken the minutes away from Dacian Nix, finally, thank God, because he is better and he's a better long-term prospect. I think he does have long-term, not this season, long-term starter upside. And for deeper leagues and dynasty leagues, we're just getting a little bit of a taste here of the Tai Tai Washington machine. Let's see what he's able to do. But it is just good to watch that and good to see him get that little bit of an extra role. Today's episode is brought to you by the NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends. You're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home, okay? It's no big deal. What are the odds that you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk, but the results are often tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Let's go to the next game. It is the Mavs and the Spurs. Dallas are seven-point favorites. Finney Smith is out. Josh Green is out, but Reggie Bullock is off the injury report for Dallas. So that's good news. For San Antonio, it's less good news. But, oh, actually, Luka Doncic is actually listed as probable. Oh, stunning. Yeah. With with ankle soreness for the Mavericks. For the Spurs, uh, Devin Vassell has been downgraded. Or you know, I guess he was out last game, so upgrading to doubtful is an upgrade. But you know, generally, if someone's out, I'll, I'll label them as um, questionable. But he's doubtful, so he's probably not going to play with whatever this nebulous knee soreness designation is. On the Mavs, we want to watch Christian Wood because his block rate is out of control. I think he's blocking 2.8 shots per 36 minutes as a starter. The best number he's ever had in any time since he's been a regular rotation player is 1.5 blocks per 36. So to say that his shot blocking, it's not the shot. The blocks aren't up because he is starting. The blocks aren't up because he's playing at center because he was a starting center literally all of last season. And I think the year before as well. Right? And he never blocked shots in this degree. And this season, yes, he played a lot with Maxi Kleber, and Kleber did a lot of rim protection. So he was out in the perimeter. But this level of rim protection from Christian Wood is not a realistic realistic expectation of what we see moving forward. We love it. We love the extra minutes. We love what he's doing. Just bring it back a bit. Let's bring it back a couple of notches. And if some, I think he can be top 50 rest of the season easily. He's also improved his free throw shooting. But let's see the shot block. Maybe I'll eat my words. Maybe he'll block two shots every single game. I have, I have precedent on my side, and we'll see. Also, watch Tim Hardaway, who's getting a lot of minutes. He's also can be frustratingly inconsistent and inefficient with his shooting. But with those minutes, it's key. With Finney Smith and Green out, Bullock coming back probably hurts marginally, but maybe not, because he played 39 and 38 the last two games that Bullock played. So we want to watch Hardaway. The value for points and threes is there as a streamer. On the Spurs last game, with Vassell out, they started Romeo Langford, and he had a career high in scoring. So... He at least moves into the discussion to be a stream option for deeper formats. I don't really believe in Langford as a scorer at all, but he has shown more this season than he did in any other time in Boston. 
And then one of the guys we really want to watch is Jeremy Sohan. Sohan now! Who is locked in as a starter, but he's been locked in as a starter all season. But now he is turning into a more of a key player. He started and just did nothing for the first eight weeks of the season. And now we're seeing some assists. We're seeing more scoring. We're seeing better efficiency. And he is a 12-team league guy. Who knows if it sticks, but we roll with it, yeah? We, unlike Aaron Neesmith, I'd rather take the flyer on Sohan and see where it goes because I think there's a lot more upside in that versus what Neesmith can bring. Neesmith, the name feels like it should be Naismith, but I know it's not because that's just the basketball creator guy's name. But I don't know. It just feels like it should be, but it's not. So it doesn't matter. Let's go to the Cavs and the Bulls. The Cavs are four and a half point favorites in this game. This is a back-to-back for the Bulls. We know that Dean Wade is out. Ricky Rubio is out. Chetty Osman missed last game, and his absence meant that they went to a really narrow eight-man rotation. While for the Bulls, Derek White and Kobe... Derek White? No, not Derek White. Kobe White and Derek Jones are both questionable for their game on Friday. So we have to consider their status for Saturday in a little bit of doubt. On the Cavs side of things, I want to watch Dracaris Levert. Dracaris. Big minutes last game, scored okay. But I think that's largely due to Osman's absence. And then otherwise, it's Osman Okoro... Stevens and Levert, who all sort of share those minutes. And it does make him really hard to trust. In fact, I just have no interest in trusting him whatsoever. But I guess in a points league, you could get a little bit more interested in Karras. I also want to watch Darius Garland because at the end of last game, he hurt his thumb. He was able to come back in with it wrapped up, but it was on his shooting hand. Let's see if it bothers him. Let's see how much he fiddles with it. Let's see what his shooting percentages look like. He hasn't appeared on the injury report so far, so that's good news. But we do want to watch to see, does he come out with it wrapped up? And is that going to impact his game? On the Bulls said, I don't know what I'm going to watch yet because I haven't really seen their Friday game. And again, it's just a waste of time. And I'm not going to explain that any further. I think I think you get it. Next game, Nets, Hornets. Brooklyn, nine-point favorites. Joe Harris is out with that knee soreness, which is a little bit of a worry, obviously. Cody Martin is out with his knee surgery. Ben Simmons is probable with an illness. Um, on the Charlotte side, Kelly Oubre missed a game, came back, and then left halfway through that. I'd have to expect that he doesn't play here. But... Who knows? Like, that's two injuries to that hand in a row. And Dennis Smith, probably not likely to play with that ankle problem. On the net side of things, I want to watch the Basmati man, Royce O'Neal. We know the production has dropped way up, and I do not believe that he is a must-roster 12-team league guy anymore, even with Joe Harris out. So we see how the O'Neal and TJ Warren minutes play out. What is Warren was dreadful last game, but he still got the minutes. He went from, like, what, 24 points in 27 minutes the game before to two points in 26 minutes. That sort of inconsistency kills you. But if you did add him, I would have held through more than one game. And we'll see how O'Neal and all these guys work together. I also want to watch Nick Claxton, who's been amazing. Blocked a ton of shots last game. Played more minutes than Ben Simmons. Are we going to see... Like, he played 35 minutes last game, Claxton, and he's been 30-plus in three in a row. And three in a row um, at 30-plus is really encouraging for the future. So let us see what we are able to uh, get out of Claxton and what his playing time looks like. Now, this is the one that I am really interested in, and that's on the Hornets. Oh, hi, Mark. Last game, it was Mark Williams, who was the backup center, not Nick Richards. I do not know what will happen in this game, but the way that Richard, uh, the way that Williams played in that game would make it really hard as a genuine NBA coach to bench him. Of course, we're talking about Steve Clifford and the Hornets, so it's really hard to know what a non-genuine coach will do. Not Nothing against the bloke. Steve Clifford seems like a nice guy, but his rotation decisions are infuriating. I think there is no way that Mark Williams at any point in the next month or six weeks is overtaking Mason Plumlee. I just don't think there is. I know who Steve Clifford is, right? And the no matter how many times that you tweet it or I tweet it or you think it or I think it, why don't they just move on from Plumlee and start Williams? Yes, why don't they? The reason is, is because of the coach. 
That is as simple as that. And no matter how many times you ask the question or how many times I think about the question or how many times I go, darn you, Steve Clifford, it isn't happening. And if it does happen, I, I will apologize to Steve Clifford and go, oh, you woke up. The fact that we saw Nick Richards available for last game and Williams was the backup and then dominated makes me feel it's really, really tough to see him move back to third string. I spent quite a big chunk of fab dollars on getting Mark Williams because if it pays off, if he can play 22 minutes a night and if Plumlee gets hurt or if something does change at the time in February or something like that, I might have a top 100 guy, top 120 guy in my hands now and a top 40 guy for the last two months of the season. So I wanted to get a handle on it. He moved ahead of Richards. Cool. Let's go. Let's grab him. And let's see what happens now. After that game, I grabbed him. I probably spent too much in fab. I, it's probably not going to work out. And there's a legitimate 50-50 shot here that Nick Richards is the backup and Mark Williams doesn't play. And I go on Twitter and all caps tell Steve Clifford to like eat it. Like that's possible. But it's also not like in the past, I said no way. Like no way. Like it's just going to be Richards. No problem. Richards is bad, but he's not bad. He's okay. Um, there's no way that Williams is getting that role. But yesterday's turn of events made me think, hmm, I'm getting out ahead of it. I think sometimes you've got to get out ahead of it. You don't have to get out ahead of it with Aaron Neesmith because it's just not going to blow up into a top 40 player. No offense to Aaron, who's just copping strays here. You don't have to get out in front of Aaron Neesmith. You don't have to. It doesn't matter. If you miss him, who cares? Like It's not the end of the world. But if Williams pops, if Williams gets 23 a night, if Williams gets 19 a night and pushes to 27 a night in February, well, that's a game changer. That's a fourth, fifth round player. That's Rob Williams' light. That's what that's Brooke Lopez light. Like that's what that is. And that can swing a matchup. So I'll take it. I'll take the hit. Like if I miss it, I miss it. If he doesn't play, if he's back to the the, the third string guy, then I'll go, well, all right, well, I guess I got fooled again, despite my own advice that Steve Clifford hates rookies. Um I'll wear it. But this the glimmer, the sliver, the ten percent, the twenty percent. I gotta have a look. Jalen Williams, the other one I want to watch. If Ubre is out, as I expect, Williams should see his minutes push up, and that at least pushes him into streaming discussions. On a healthy team, he's not in streaming discussions at all, I don't think. Today's episode is also brought to you by Rocket Money. It's your New Year's goal. If your New Year's goal is to manage your budget better and save money, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions that they forgot about, like that streaming service that you bought to watch just one show on, or that free trial that you never even used. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you, so you can stop paying for the ones that you don't want. Rocket Money makes cancelling subscriptions as easy as a click of a button. Simply find the subscription that you don't want and press cancel, and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. No more long hold lines with customer service or tedious emailing back or forth. Stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmba. That's rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmba, rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmba. Let's go to the uh, Pistons and the Wolves. These two teams both play on Friday, so we'll see what happens there. But one thing we do know is that Towns is going to be out, Prince is going to be out, McLaughlin's going to be out, and Killian Hayes is going to be out. Isaiah Livers is going to be out as well. Hamadou Diallo will return for this Saturday game. Interestingly, in Minnesota, the big fella, the big French stick, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. <laughs> 
He has appeared on the injury report for Friday with an illness. And Kyle Anderson is dealing with back spasms again. Anderson's missed five straight. There's no way he's playing both of these games, Kyle. So there's a lot opening up here. And of course, the thing we need to know here, of course, like with, with Hayes out, Alec Burks, smaller bump for Sadiq Bay, but Alec Burks. With Gobert and Anderson and Towns, it's Nasreed. It's all Nasreed. Everything is Nasreed. So we add Nasreed everywhere. Nasreed's value is limited in terms of duration, but it's here now and you've got to get him. The next game is the Sixers and the Thunder. Philadelphia is on a back-to-back here. Tyrese Max is going to return on Friday. Whether he plays the back-to-back, I don't know. But he's going to be pretty limited early on, so don't panic too much. Um, we know Poku's out. We know Robinson Early's out for Oklahoma City. What I want to watch for Oklahoma City is the pig and the Bronco. Broncos country, let's ride. Jalen Williams, the Bronco, the good one, the short one. He is getting solid minutes every night. He is, I believe, a must-roster player. This is a tough matchup if they start Pig Williams because it's against Joel Embiid. So while Jalen Williams, the yeah, Pig, Jay Will, I think, Willie J, um, if he starts, I don't know how much value there is in that because they can still go to Muscala, they can still go to Omarui, they can still go to Baisley, who was actually a DNP last game. After Poku got hurt and Baisley played 22 minutes a game before, he got DNP'd. So he can move back into the mix there. So the 24 minutes that Pig Williams played are far from guaranteed. So don't think that you have to rush to add Muscala or rush to add Jalen Williams or rush to add Darius Baisley because it's going to be rotations all the time. But we want to see what happens. But let's see. Jalen Williams went scoreless last game. As I said, that's pretty hard to do when you miss all five of his shots. But he did grab some rebounds. So we'll see what the Pig can do. We'll also see what the Bronco can do in this one too. Pelicans, Grizzlies. This is a back-to-back for New Orleans. Um... I'm going to assume that Brandon Ingram's out. He's out on Friday. I don't think he's going to play on Saturday. While Larry Nance is doubtful for Friday's game, so let's label him questionable for Saturday's game. Um, Herb Jones is questionable to play Friday. We don't know his status here. While Santi Aldama is questionable for the Grizzlies. So the Pelicans, again, it's just we want to see what happens here. And depending on statuses of Jones and Nance, then guys like Hayes and Marshall can start to step up. On the Memphis side of things, I want to see Tyus Jones, who realistically is just a luxury stash only. That's all he is. You have to be able to take close to zeros to have him. I also want to see Desmond Bain, who last game started to get back on track. The buy low might be open. He is a top 50 player rest of the season, maybe top 40, right? Probably top 40. But he's not at that level yet. So when you're considering buy lows, understand the level that he can get to. Let's see if he can put it together here. This might be the end of the buy low window if it wasn't last game. Heat and Jazz, both of these guys on a back-to-back. Injury-wise, what I'm really seeing is Butler and Lowry. Not that they're on injury reports, but it's a back-to-back. Will they play? My expectation is Jimmy Butler does not play. They did say that he'd probably sit this back-to-back and then not sit anymore with the current injury, but we need to see that. We don't know whether he's going to play. Lowry's been on and off of injury reports all seasons. Oladipo is probably going to be out as well. There could be a bunch of players out. Caleb Martin's questionable for Friday, so he could be out. We could see a bunch of Heat guys out in this game against the Jazz, which would open up a ton of stuff. Whereas on the Utah side, they're clean. I expect that Sexton plays in the back-to-back, as does Olenek. And we always want to watch Colin Sexton's minutes, but we'll see a little bit more of that um, heading there on Saturday. Back-to-back streams, it's only the Grizzlies. So we stream Grizzlies players. Tyus Jones gets the bump there. Santi Aldama, if he plays. Brandon Clark. Maybe Zaire Williams. Maybe, maybe Lil John Concha. There's not many back-to-back options Friday, Saturday. We're just looking at... uh, Sorry, uh, Saturday, Sunday, not Friday, Saturday. 
If looking at streams for Saturday's games in category leagues, Alec Burks right at the top there with Killian Hayes out. Emmanuel Quickly with the potential Brunsons out as well. Naz Reed's right at the top. Pat Williams right at the top. Andrew Nembhard is maybe a streamer. Jeremy Sohan, I think he's worth an ad anyway. Quentin Grimes is available in too many leagues. Add him. Tony Warren's there. And of course, I'm going to throw Mark Williams into that mix as well, even though I've got him probably just on the outside of 12-team value. I think you, know, you add him, as I just detailed for five minutes before. Deep league guys, Muscala, Dwight Powell, um, Jalen Noel, Mark Williams. You can throw Jalen Williams in there, Pig Williams. Darius Baisley, if he plays. Uh, TJ McConnell, Juice McBride, uh, KJ Martin. The, the Baisley, Jalen Williams, Mike Muscala situation is going to be frustrating for sure. In points leagues, we're looking at Timmy Hardaway, Emmanuel Quickly, Alec Burks, Jeremy Sohan, Lou Dort, Naz Reed, the Bronco, Jalen Williams, and Quentin Grimey Grimes. This briefcase and this haircut. Looking at the next four days, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, there are no teams that play three games in four nights, and there's only one high-volume day, and that's an 11-game Monday. So who are guys that have the two low-volume days that we can look to stream in? Well, Malik Monk has got the two. Walker Kessler has two games in the next four nights. Dan Gafford, I really like his value. Derek White, Jalen Bronco-Williams, Mike Muscala, less interested in that, but they have a back-to-back for, um, uh, coming up somewhere. Do they? You know, do they? Somewhere they do. Anyway, I'm not sure where it is. Monte Morris with two games and Grayson Allen with two games. The Muscala one I'm less certain about. In terms of the next four, t- four days in the totality, as I said, nobody plays three games. The first five names on this list are all guys that I think you can add and consider relatively safe starts in that time. Tom Bryant only plays one game, but he should be rostered and you start him on that game that he plays. Alec Burks has two games. They're two games that Killian Hayes is out. You start him. DiVincenzo only has one game in the next four nights, but I think he's startable. Um, Naz Reed has two. Yeah, obviously. Um, Tim Hardaway has two. He's probably startable there as well. Then the other guys are Monk, Kessler, and Quickly, who have two games, who are maybe startable, but just is enough value in having those guys on your team over this little four-day period. And that, guys, will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.